0: For podcast articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. All right, everybody, welcome back. Once again, my name is Rob Carter, filling in for Columbo and Katie. Appreciate the opportunity to get my opinions on the air. Waiting online for us is Dr. Randy Tobler, longtime fan of Dr. Randy Tobler. So I'm glad to have you on the show, my friend. What's going on? Mm-hmm
1: hey how you doing i'm right in the middle of patient care so i may have to it's 15 minutes i may have to cut uh, cut you short here in a little bit but we're waiting for some test results but no uh, worries just, just
0: hang great. up the phone if you great, have to
1: <laughs> great great start to a new year no i'm waiting for some test results
0: how you been i understand you have a new show
1: well yeah i uh, i was doing afternoons in columbia from four to six and now i'm uh, joining the morning team and that's a six to nine show so uh we're going to have somehow I'm going to have to figure out a way to have Mike in one ear and my mic on my mouth at the same time. You know, Mike, our Mike Ferguson in one yeah. ear. And while I'm talking into the mic in the other one, I can't figure out how I'm going to do that. But I'll find a way.
0: Uh, I've been listening to you for a long time. I was a big fan of yours. I was in yeah. St. Louis back when uh, you were on. The, well, I know you've been on there a long time, but when you first started. I remember listening to you. I loved your content. I love your voice. I think the oh, whole thing is you. fantastic, so I wish you nothing but luck. But let's get into politics because that's what people care about I'll if they're listening to us. I, I was thinking sure. about uh, what I wanted to go through with you because it's it's been on my mind a little bit lately is just all of these presidential candidates. I I generally have my opinion on all of them, but I'm curious because I know you're – Heavily entrenched in Missouri politics and, uh, and, 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 national politics. So I just want to get your opinion on a few of these people. Uh, first, uh, Governor DeSantis. I was living in Florida when, when the whole COVID thing happened. It wasn't as rosy as he paints the picture, but he did do a nice job. Uh, I thought as, in comparison to other governors around the country. What's your take on Ron DeSantis? Do you like Ron DeSantis, uh, as a, a viable candidate?
1: Yeah. I, I tell you, from people I've talked to that know a little bit about his style of management and his style of making of decision making um, and remembering that whether it's Donald Trump, uh, Joe Biden, anyone else in a situation, Ron DeSantis, in a situation like that, when you, it is, there's a lot of unknowns, the, the potential of, uh, of the stakes are very high um, and, you know, everyone's sort of in the fog of a viral war. We have to have a wide window of grace for whatever anyone did, and that includes Fauci. What I think that DeSantis was wise about, from what I've understood of the way he handled it was, he did his homework, he was on top of the research, and as the research was changing and showing that, hey, this isn't a one-size-fits-all thing, there are high-risk groups, Uh, the monoclonal antibodies are great, we need to emphasize those, we need to maybe be more selective about the way we either isolate or mask or vaccinate. I just get the sense he was on top of the research did his homework and I hear he does that in his decision making he comes prepared that's the mark of a good leader um the federal government on the other hand while I think they were over they were heavy handed I think that's public health needs to err on the side of being a little bit um make, making a, an error of commission rather than omission but you need to be humble about that messaging and that's where Fauci and friends made the huge mistake. It was like, we know what we're doing. This is what we know. Just do it and shut up and uh, talk to us in six months. You know what I mean? And I, I just think that they handle it wrong. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't I, look that the initial lockdown, I frankly don't have a problem with that. I mean, this thing sounded like the Andromeda strain. When you looked, it was coming over from the pictures coming over from from uh, Wuhan over there. I mean, it was disastrous. And it was a wicked virus. I experienced it personally in patient care at the hospital I was I was managing at
0: the time. Yeah, my so, wife was a uh, nurse too. She went through I, it.
1: Yeah. I, I like DeSantis. I mean I think he does a good job. And the fact that the guy served his country, hey, he gets he gets some some kudos from me on that one as well. I think he's just not a very charismatic person and a charismatic candidate, and I think that's hurt him. And I, he got off to a
0: bad start with his campaign. I agree with you hundred percent. By the way, his um surgeon general down there in Florida is uh, i think he's stopped uh, he's he's recommended no more boosters and this kind of thing he uh, i think that DeSantis got rid of the original surgeon general that that he had uh, and then as covid started yeah. to move forward he, he replaced him with Labido and uh, he is now saying that yeah. he uh, does not think people should be getting uh, boosters the next person i want to ask yeah. you about is the one that i think when i when i hear this guy talk I like what Ramaswamy says. I don't necessarily trust him. He's young. I'm, you know, when you as you get older, you start to recognize that younger people don't always uh, have as much information as they think they do. Yeah. Uh, but I like the way he handles questions when he's out on the stump, and I think he's coming from a good place. What is your take on Ramaswamy?
1: He's the smartest guy in the room, and he's also sometimes the most reckless guy in the China, the reckless bull in the China shop. <laughs> <laughs> I think when you're when you're the new kid in town and he is uh even though i mean certainly he's been a successful businessman and he's certainly no child but i think you need to be careful about your rhetoric and you need to you need to maintain respect for people that have handled very tough decision making uh, jobs in very, very challenging times in this country and in the world's history. Um, and so I, I I think sort of the, I know exactly what to do. I have all the answers. Just let me have the keys to the car and everything's going to be fine. No crashes. Everything will be great. I'll give, I'll bring the kids, the, the, the car back just at, uh, you know, in, in fine shape, dad. Um, I like you say. I'm worried about people that are overconfident that have all the answers. Right. Uh, I, I don't see the humility in him that I'd like. But I think I, I think he look. He's being groomed for future leadership. If he doesn't get it this time, I think there's a lot of potential there. I love the way the guy talks, and I think I love the way he takes tough questions on. I think no one does it better than him. in in, in you know, in answering questions responsibly, respectfully, and very—I mean, boy, a lot of
0: rich content in what. He says, I agree, and it feels to me like he's the guy that picks all the Sunday afternoon football games on Monday and then tells you how easy it was to pick them. I'm like, Oh, you got to pick them on Saturday, can't pick them on Monday. <laughs> yeah. he seems to be that kind no, of guy to me. That he now that all the games are over, he, right. yeah, he could pick all the winners. Uh, what is yeah, your take yeah. on Nikki Haley? I'm not a fan of Nikki Haley, I'll just be right up front with you. I just, just, uh, she does not hit me the right way. But what is your sense of Nikki Haley? You can certainly disagree with me.
1: Nikki Haley on her worst day is better than the best Democrat
0: on their very (laughs) best day. (laughs) That's (laughs) true.
1: And, and I, think we need to, I think we need to start thinking that way as conservatives slash Republicans slash libertarians. I mean, if we're all under some big tent of, hey, less government is a good thing, more government is generally not the solution to our problems. And, uh, you know, I tend to differ, I think, with some folks in the current Republican majority, um, you know, in the populace. And that is, I think that unless the United States of America and the West uh, in, in tow uh, keep a footprint in the world, I think the world's going to burn up. It's going to blow up. And we see, and, and defining that footprint, I think, is a challenge of, of conservative leadership. I'm, I'm not an isolationist like a Ron Paul, uh, Rand Paul. Uh-huh. I think that if we wait, if we wait for uh Cruise missiles and those supersonic missiles to be crossing the harbor in San Diego or New York or Miami before we start defending ourselves. I think it's going to be Armageddon. I think we need to we need to be the policeman on the corner. Uh, and I just I, it's worked well in Europe. It's worked well uh, in the middle in the east uh, in, in Asia, and it, it could work well in the Middle East if we if we support the right people or if we actually have a presence there. And so that's why I don't have a real problem with Nikki Haley being a little more interested interventionists and some of the other candidates. We have to be careful about the way that we do that. We have to strike certainly swiftly and severely when we do get a hit in our belly. We need to hit them in the head. Or better yet, how about just a gun to the back of their head? Uh, you know, And we don't need to pussyfoot around with them. And that's been Joe Biden's big mistake.
0: Do you, uh, do you worry about the amount of money that we are sending all over the world to uh, facilitate wars between Russia and Ukraine? Uh, Hamas and Israel, uh, maybe Taiwan and China. Are you worried about just imploding our financial system? We just passed an NDAA for $886 billion. And I see all the illegal immigration coming into the country. I just know from a family member that uh, one of these Afghani families, she's actually helping them out. She's got a kind heart. She wanted to help them out. She found out that the government sent her, these Afghani family, a check for $10,000. They didn't even know it was coming. Uh, so I know these things are happening, and I'm just wondering how much foreign intervention you can have when you're struggling so mightily to keep the boat afloat yeah. in our country.
1: Well, yeah, well, look, I, I, I think the mistake we're making is we've forgotten to, to read the Constitution. The Constitution says that the government's prime responsibility, it's not a federalist issue. Only the government could defend the sovereign United States of America. And as part of our national security plan, we need to have a presence throughout the world. I mean, China's going to do it if we don't. Where, we're, where I get in trouble, where, where I think our trouble is, is not spending money in, in, in foreign policy and in defense, and including the defense of people that are in our best interest to defense. Um, but we, if we, we, didn't, we wouldn't be having this discussion if we weren't spending so much on welfare on entitlement programs, mm-hmm. and the government has no business in those. The federal bi- government has no business in education, in health care, in any of the things that they're in. The federal government, where do you find, I don't find in the 18 enumerated powers anything about Medicare or Medicaid. Do you?
0: No. and I don't
1: see anything about about the USDA supporting agriculture. Oh, that's going to get a lot of our conservative farmers, but they're part of the largest welfare program in the land. Yep. There's nothing in the federal, in the Constitution says that. So, If we're going to tolerate waste, because whatever the government gets into, they don't do as well as private industry. But private industry can't defend the country. They can only be vendors to the defense of the country. So if that's just a fact of life, and that's why we like small government, let's eliminate all of the stuff that the feds shouldn't be in. And, yeah, let's pay our taxes for for, for, uh, border defense, foreign policy security, national security issues. And I believe there is a reason to have some foreign presence. And, and let's let's let people keep their money at home in their states and let them take care of people the way they want through state welfare, not federal welfare.
0: My, we're on the same page. One of the things that I would like to see happen, and I, I keep mentioning this because Bill Igel was on a lot of the same type of topics as me. He's running for governor. And I said, you know, I'd like to see a decoupling of the Department of Education and Missouri. I just don't think that the feds should be mandating down policy and CRT and all of these different things that, that bleed into your uh, local education, uh, you you can see how education has fallen off the map. I can tell you that you know I, I put four kids I shouldn't say it, my family put four kids through college. It's not what it was. It's, it's I can tell you by the workload that it's not the same kind of college that I was going through back in the late '80s, early '90s. It's a whole different ball game, and there's a lot of social issues that the, it's it's a constant social attack on our kids. I'd like yeah. to see a decoupling of the. Uh, Department of education and uh and missouri schools that's yeah, but, that's where I'm at
1: well the rigor the rigor in education whether it's dictated at the state or federal level has degraded terribly there's no rigor there it's become can you pay the tuition? Is wink, that, wink, yeah, whether that's through student loans or not. That's what's most important. Don't worry. We'll make sure you get advanced and you get your diploma because they've become diploma mills and social engineering, you know, uh, 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 machines. That's what they do. Indoctrination machines. So, no, I mean, look, Ronald Reagan's big mistake was, uh, you know, going ahead and implementing the Department of Education that was authorized at the end of the Carter administration. 1980. It was a disaster. Yep. Yeah, no one's, no one's perfect, though. I mean, you know, Ronnie did a good job, but no one's perfect. Yeah, you can't get and them people all right. criticize Ron, Well, people criticize Ronald Reagan for expanding our budget based on defense. Well, that worked out pretty well for us. I mean, we didn't have a nuclear war with Russia, and that, if you're going to spend money at the federal level, that's where to spend it. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sorry, that's where you send it. That's the, That's their jurisdiction. That's their lane. But they've gotten into too many lanes. They have no business in any of the businesses that they're in. And uh, but but that's why I like Ramaswamy when he talks about eradicate the Department of Education gone bingo. Well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen for a long time if it is going to happen. Right. And I think the um, states so will have to we'll...
0: opt out. Right. The States yeah, will right. say we're not going well, to take mean, the money anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, if the states. So are, I mean,
1: and, and that's why education choice is a great thing. I heard Trump. We played a clip last week or two ago that was uh, where Trump was very clear about education choice and freedom of choice and education was a real prime uh you know issue for him and boy i was applauding that one and uh i think that's great um you know at the end of the day we've got a lot of strong candidates like i said any of the i i hope that no matter what happens look i don't think trump is my favorite candidate just because i think he has serious character issues and he's not going to be able to get done things that he needs to get done like he wasn't able to get things done like he needed to get things done in his first term um You know, some good things happened, but it was—I mean, so many more good things could have happened if he wouldn't have criticized John McCain as somehow being weak because he was a prisoner of war. Right? If he wouldn't have abandoned people that yesterday you're my friend, but unless you're absolutely loyal, genuflect to me, bring me my smoking jacket and my cigar when I arrive home, and you know, worship uh, me—I'm not your friend anymore. And I'm going to tell the entire you know, states, uh, United States of America, through the media about it. That bothers me. It's a character issue. That said. I will vigorously and gladly vote for Donald Trump over any any Democrat any day
0: and every day. Well, wow, it feels like you, you and I are on the same page as uh, applies to Donald Trump. You know when I look at Donald yeah. Trump's record, uh, for me he did a lot of things that I liked. he did a lot of things that I didn't like and uh, but I feel like when you question him and I wonder if you, you have went through this, if you question Donald Trump, there's a certain segment of the population. That as soon as you say yeah, I'm not real happy with Donald Trump in this regard or that regard, they think you're an enemy of the country. All of a sudden, <laughs> they think you're a, you're going against the cause, and he's the only one that can save us, and and this type of thing. And I just think that's a dangerous position to put any person in, including Donald Trump. But I don't see it that way. Yeah. Have you went through this? When you question Donald Trump, oh, you get a bunch of kickbacks from it people all the time. Yeah.
1: Oh, I get I get hate texts, I get hate, hate emails, and I just remind people, well. That's fine, but I mean, if you really, I mean, you just got to ask yourself: Is this someone that you'd want to date your daughter? I mean, let's say he was eligible, was this someone that you would proudly claim as, you know, someone you know have a seat at the at the Carter family, at the Tobler family table because you uphold the virtues that we do? I don't think so. Not so much. yeah, you know? that's, yeah that's- and and you know. So I, I just, just it's a consideration. And I, I'm concerned that we we shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater, though, like we need to what we need to do. That group needs to recognize the 60 percent of people that either will vote for Trump with their nose held you know, tightly in their hand between their fingers or that may choose, you know, among that group. They may choose someone else or may stay home. I think it's incumbent on the on the on the, the the hard Trumpers to say to the Trump campaign to the RNC, hey, can you just rein it in a little bit? We love your authenticity. We love the fact that you shoot from the hip. We love the fact that you say what most of us are thinking. But sometimes you're rude to the people in your own tent. You, you just don't do that. I mean, you know, you, if you if you if you're playing friends with your if you're playing cards with your very best buddy in a small room, you generally try not to pass gas.
0: You know what I mean? <laughs> I well, do. A, I okay. do. Well, they hey, all, I got a run. Randy, up. thanks for joining that's us. Right. I'm a big fan, man. I've right. been listening for a long time. Thank Be you. well. We'll talk again. Appreciate it. You got it. Okay. Take care. Bye. All right, everybody. That is Randy Tobler at Randy Tobler, MD. I believe that's on Twitter if you want to find him there. When we get back, i got a segment left. I want to talk a little bit about Robert F. Kennedy, Jr. I didn't get a chance to bring it up with Randy Tobler, but I'd like to bring it up with you. He is the one person outside of the Republican establishment that I think has some interesting things to say. I haven't quite put my arms around it just yet, but he's got a lot of things uh, that he's brought to light that we should talk about. We'll talk about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. when we return. For podcast articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. All right, everybody, welcome back. Once again, my name is Rob Carter, filling in for Colombo and Katie. As always, they should know that I appreciate the opportunity to get my message out to the voters of St. Louis because I want to get very heavily involved in the political system here. And I want to do it with humor and entertainment. I don't want to take myself too seriously, but hell, there's a lot of things going on in the country that need to be addressed. I want to thank Randy Tobler for coming on the show. I want to thank Rep. Justin Sparks. Uh, You'll hear more about the Freedom Caucus as we move forward. Uh, But as I was talking to Randy about the presidential candidates i want to get into the last one on the list before we ran out of time and that is robert f kennedy jr now robert f kennedy jr has left the democrat party he's running as an independent and i have been following him very closely since he made his announcement that he was running and there are a lot of things that i like about robert f kennedy jr i'm in the camp And I respect all opinions. I think, you know, I come at it, I I try to be very persuasive with my opinion, but that doesn't mean I'm not listening to other people's opinions. I hear what everybody has to say, and I respect what people have to say about any particular issue. And people should know that about me. Uh, When you do a show by yourself and you don't have somebody bouncing things off of you, uh, it often turns out to where you are, you're preaching, you're telling people what you think, your opinion is all, uh, that. that's all that you get to hear. But I love having guests on that have differences of opinion. And I wish I could have got to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. with uh, Dr. Randy Tolbert because this guy was out on the very front of the situation about COVID. And what I've learned to recognize is that when COVID was going on, it created a lot of fear amongst people and all their rationale went out the window. My point of view is that governments understand that. The media understands that. When every show is saying, hey, if you don't rub your food down with uh, some uh, virus killer, you're going to die. You need to wipe the bottom of your feet when you come in your house. You need to spray your dogs down. You need to walk in a single file line up and down the supermarket lines. When that was going on, I had already been in China. So maybe I had a jump start on the propaganda and recognized what was happening. And that's very possible. Maybe if I hadn't been in China when it broke out. I would have had a different opinion on these things, but I was, and I got to watch it, and I got to watch how this media establishment pulled the wool over everybody's eyes and sold them nonsense. Not that COVID wasn't an issue, but what the the thing you have to understand about COVID is that they restricted treatments. I'll give you an example, and Robert, I learned this a lot. I, I learned it on my own, and the reason I bring it up is because Robert F. Kennedy Jr., wrote a book about fauci where he explained who the guy was and he attacked some of the positions with fauci and he endorsed many of the things that i had learned on my own one was when hydroxychloroquine was out there and everybody was saying oh hydroxychloroquine that is it's ridiculous that's not going to help it's not going to do anything read these studies read these studies and being the nerd that i am i said okay let me read these studies And almost all of these medical studies has a review at the end that kind of gives you the cliff notes. I'm not reading 150 pages, but I'm getting the gist of what's happening. When COVID-19 was attacking the country and people were in the hospitals and everybody was freaking out and wearing double masks with visors and rubber gloves, I started to read these studies, and one that was brought to my attention was zinc and hydroxychloroquine. There was a doctor from New York that said this is the this is what you this is the best antidote to the problem. So I read the article or I read the paper the, the study and it says that zinc is the key component. Hydroxychloroquine is like the channel that leads into the cell that kills the virus. So you need the two in combination together. That took ten minutes to read. I kind of got a, an understanding of what the article was trying to get across. From a very prestigious organization. I can't remember it now because it's been years. But then the media went out and said hydroxychloroquine. Anybody that says hydroxychloroquine works is a snake oil person, a conspiracy theorist, a liar. And they said, well, nobody said hydroxychloroquine worked on its own. And I would go out and I would tell people, look, it's hydroxychloroquine and zinc. And now Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is out there saying the same thing. What people have to be reminded of is that if you had somebody that died because of COVID... If you had somebody that you love, a mother, a grandmother that maybe you couldn't see because she was in a nursing home, those emotions cannot leave you because if they leave you, you'll fall for it again. You got to remember what went down in that time frame. And the guy that was out there on the front lines explaining it was Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I think he should be applauded for it. The media doesn't give him much of a chance, but he's, uh, last I looked, he was twenty plus percent in the polls. And again, I don't pay attention to polls that much. But Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has a voice that needs to be heard as we go through the process of vetting out potential candidates. First, you got to get the election system straightened out, so that when voters go to the polls, they know their vote counts, and not that it counts just in Missouri. You got to remember that because the president of the United States and all the powers that that position holds. Can be adversely affected in states where they have no voter ID, millions of people in illegally, and they're trying actively to steal elections. Manipulate, if you will. Call it whatever you want. But you're not getting the real deal. You're not getting an election that you can count on. So Robert F. Kennedy Jr., I, I suggest that everybody pay attention to what he is saying. I think if he has to do a debate, remember I told you this. You heard it here first. If Robert F. Kennedy Jr. gets in a debate with Joe Biden and Donald Trump, he will wipe the floor with those two. And remember, I told you that first. I think that's the reason he's going to be excluded from debates. I just can't imagine he would be involved in that situation because the guy went after all of these agencies, all of this swamp that we talk about, the establishment, whatever word you want to use. He's the guy that's been suing them for 30 years. And that doesn't mean I support him for president. I don't know. He could have issues that he's in love with that I don't. I'd have to weigh it. But he should be heard. He should be in the conversation. And if you are not actively pursuing what he has to say, I think you're making a mistake if you want to consider yourself an educated voter in 2024. And the last thing I want to get to is the one thing that I think can change the direction of society. I went to the UK uh, this past year for the British Open golf tournament. I'm a golf fan. I love golf. Shot 73 at Gateway the other day, and I want everybody that listens that are my buddies to know that at age 54, in 40 degree weather and 20 mile an hour winds, yours truly with a broken pinky shot 73. How you like that? Anyway, <laughs> I'm just I, I, I get that's just for my friends out there that are listening. The one thing that can change society that I noticed when I was in the UK is the lack of corporate power. We fall in love with it. Corporate taxes. I want those corporate taxes. Well, I have worked for corporations and some people love them. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan because it takes your voice away. And young people love it because they go in, they come out of college or they come out of school, whatever. They go to work for these big corporations and they're paying them 70, 80, $90,000. And when you're 25, 30, 35 years old and you don't come for money and some business is going to pay you that kind of cash, you're like, well, Oh yeah, I'm in. I love it. What they don't tell you is that when you get into that lifestyle and you turn 45 or 50 and business isn't bad, they don't care about you at all. They don't care about you. And when they fire you or they let you go and you got two kids in high school, two kids in college, when you have that kind of situation, when you get faced with that kind of situation, then and only then do you realize the corporation doesn't care about you. What cares about you, generally speaking, are small business owners. I have known small business people that pay their employees in tough times before they pay themselves. When you have a problem within your workplace, you can go to the owner. You know who they are. You're working together as a team. You like those people. They care whether you live or die. They care whether you can feed your kids. Small business is the engine of America. And when we allow that balance to get out of whack, corporations versus small businesses, we got a real problem. Personal property tax. good buddy of mine, I was talking to him yesterday, and he said, You know, I just had to pay almost $20,000 in personal property tax. I had another friend that paid $10,000. These are small business owners who aren't rolling in dough, but they own properties because they have to own them to store goods or they have an office building or what have you. Corporations, big corporations, they can borrow money, they can do whatever they need to do, they can fire half their staff, they do it. Small businesses don't have those options all the time. Small businesses must be protected, they need to be highlighted. Every chance you get to shop between Walmart and your local hardware star, store, go to the local hardware store. Even if it costs you a few extra bucks, if you can afford it, shop and participate in small business. I had a guy that's a sponsor of SR1 Sundays. His guy's name's Rob Vary, uh, St. Louis Bath and Renovation. And I'll tell you why I support this particular guy. And I'm, I'm giving him a plug just because he was at my dad's house yesterday. Uh, giving him an estimate on the bathroom. My dad wants his bathroom remodeled. He heard my, uh, he heard that he was a sponsor of, uh, SR1 Sundays and News Talk STL. My dad goes, well, I need the bathroom remodeled. Bring him on in here. And the reason I like Rob is the first time I met him, he came in and we we're talking, he likes to talk politics and sports. And he says, hang on, cause his phone was ringing and he answered the phone and it was somebody that wanted a kitchen remodel. And he starts guiding this, cause he's a bathroom modeler. So he starts guiding this person to people he can talk to and things he needs to look at and, and just goes on to this five, eight minute conversation with this person because that's what small businesses are about. They're, they're about, they care about the people they do business with. The vast majority care what's going on. Corporations, by and large, don't really care about you. So remember that if you're 30 years old and you think you got the world by the, you know what, because you think you got this great job and it's going to last forever. Just think of the situation if you've got a two-year-old in your house who's now getting ready to go to college and that corporation says, listen, didn't hit the bottom line. We're going to have to cut 20% of our workforce and the party's over. And now you're out there looking for work, trying to figure out how you're going to get along in life. Take care of your small business people. Rob Berry, St. Louis, Bath and Renovation. He was terrific with my dad. He left and the first thing my dad said was, what a great guy. Yeah, because he was trying to save my dad money. He was trying to get, answer all of his questions. Support your small businesses. I can't say it enough. It's important. You want a better society, work for your neighbor. Don't work for some corporation across the pond that you never get to know. That's all I got for you, everybody. Don't forget the Rob Show starting January 29th from eight to 10 o'clock. Good night, everybody. For podcast articles and more, find us on NewsTalkSTL.com.